Hello and welcome to the Place to Place podcast. I'm Claire Dewhurst, the director of City Nation Place, which is the forum for place brands and place marketing. The idea behind this podcast series is to create a chain of conversations between place branding leaders to give you the opportunity to listen in to honest conversations about their challenges, the solutions they're finding, and the opportunities they're exploring to ensure that their place brand strategies deliver real economic benefits. We're really thrilled that you've chosen to tune in and I hope you enjoy the discussions. We're on episode 12 and I'm delighted to welcome back Rose Wangdon-Jones, who is the Managing Director across Marketing, Destination and Commercial for London and Partners. And she's asked us to set up a chat with Clarice Burkhardt, who is the Chief Executive of Helsinki and Partners. And so I'm sure that that word partners is going to come into the frame as we talk about being connected organisations and setting up collaborative partnerships. But I'm delighted that Rose is going to lead the conversation and happy to hand over to you. And I'm just going to sit back and listen. Over to you, Rose. Clarice, I'm delighted that we're having a chat. I think it's going to be really, really interesting to hear about your new role, about the new organization, Helsinki Partners. And then, of course, I'm interested in understanding what your plans are. What are you trying to achieve in this role? What are the big plans for Helsinki? And I'm sure that everybody will be interested in that and hearing that as well. So again, like I said, I'm delighted to be here talking to you. Could we start with a yes. bit of uh, sort of background and, and, and tell us why the, uh, the organization, these two organizations, the um, Business Hub and Marketing, came together as Helsinki Partners? Well, I actually think that it was our former mayor who had probably seen what happened in London or somewhere else who felt that there are synergies and there are opportunities by combining these two companies, that it basically started from his head. And, and, and as I've understood, you know, he got support from others and, and that's why there was this decision. And, but this decision has, of course, happened before my time. So I don't know all the facts. I just, this is what I have been told. This wasn't, and I promise it wasn't a leading question, but, but good to hear. And, and... And again, we have a lot of learning that I'm, that I'm happy to share. But, but from your perspective, in terms of you coming new to the role, what, what were the expectations that this new merged organization would deliver better than, than the separate organizations could do before? Well, the way I was briefed when the recruitment process actually started and what, what really inspired me was that everybody was talking about that they want to see a significant leap. In, in what we are doing for Helsinki, because we, we do feel that the product and, and the brand are not, you know, there's more to the product than to the brand. So there needs to be a significant leap. We have started later than our countries or neighboring capitals, and there's a lot to do. So, so I think that that's the most important expectation. So you talk about a significant leap. How, how do you see that? How do you expect, what is the positive outcome for the citizens of the city, for the community? Well, I would say that our challenge can be described in three words. Awareness, awareness, awareness. Helsinki is not, it's, is not known. You know, people don't know it. Plus that if somebody has been to Helsinki 15 years ago or 10 years ago, the city has changed so much. So our our biggest challenge is really and our biggest task is really to increase the awareness and 
you know, really to, to show people what Helsinki is. So interesting. Aware. I love the awareness, awareness, awareness. So on that note, Clarice, what, what is Helsinki, for those who do know Helsinki, what is the perception of Helsinki now? And what would you like it to be? Well, I think that everybody, if, if somebody knows Helsinki, they know that the city is very well functioning. It is, you know, fairly small. You don't hit traffic. Everything works, you know. Even if it's if there's a snowstorm like there is today, you know, there's not a train that is canceled. There's not a flight that is canceled. Everything works. So this is what people know about Helsinki. But what people know much less about is the restaurant scene, the culture, you know, all the fun things in life. Those are not known because basically so much has developed in the city in the last, let's say, 10 or 15 years or even five years. So that is very much what we need to also talk about. And and having said that, you know, most people don't even know that Helsinki is a very well-functioning city. Those who have been here know that, but that's not everyone. So the people that experience the city, that once they're there, they can, they can see it working at its best. But it's yeah. so funny that when you get there, I just, yes, the idea that everything works when there's snow. I mean, London, as you know, is perfect, perfect in many ways, but I tell you, they do come to a stop where we get some snow. So, so yes, I can understand that that will functioning at times like that feels like a very and, and, it goes, and it goes with everything about functioning. You know, in Helsinki, everything functions. So you know, it's like all of these things that we think are very important. Everybody knows that, but but it's the, the beauty of life that that we need to talk more about. And that's really interesting because we just, here in London, we've just launched the London 2030 Tourism Vision. And the core of it, at the heart of it, is all about experience. And what's really interesting is that the, what you're talking about is almost taking the friction of the experience, you know, the transport or the getting from A to B or, or those kind of daily things that don't make the experience, but can be a detriment to the experience. You take all of that friction away, but focus is very much... On the, on the culture bit. So could you talk a little bit about that? What is the positioning that you want to create for Helsinki? I think one can actually go back 10 years when, when Helsinki was the design capital of Europe. And we really talked very much about not design in the common sense, more about the kind of service design of a city. You know, how, how, it, how it's designed to really serve you know, its citizens and its visitors and everything, how, how things work. And I think that that has been pretty much the red thread in, in our way of, of talking about the city, you know, how life is designed in a city, how things work. But I think that, that what we have spoken so little about is still, you know, all these other things. We start from that. And, and then there are aspects that, that are kind of also very self-relevant to us but that are very, very exotic to many people. And that's how in Helsinki, the urban and the rural go together. So you can basically be in the center of the city and still experience nature. So those kind of things are very, very unique to Helsinki. You kind of go back a little bit when you talk about the design and how things work, it goes back to, again, that sense of well-functioning. But it added on top, you know, again, that enhances the experience, but it doesn't make the experience per se. So it's really interesting, particularly 
now that you come together with visitors, investors, business, it goes back to what attracts people, makes them come again, makes them want to establish themselves. And that's what with that London and Partners, again, when we come together and that story becomes attractive, not just for the visitor, but the investors, the talents you're trying to attract, um, et cetera. So is that kind of virtuous circle, if you will, is, is that what you're trying to create with your work in Helsinki Partners? Yes. Yes. I think, I think you, you are, you are describing it very well. You know, what the pandemic actually taught us when we looked at the world and how that also changed maybe perceptions and expectations is that that helped us also to see, you know, these kind of things that, again, we take as, I mean, they are just something that we always live with. But the fact is that, that, that safety, for instance, is something that is very, very exotic to many people. And for us, it's self-evident. And the way, you know, we could live quite freely in Helsinki during the pandemic, because there is room and there is nature. You know, there's a joke now in Finland that that thank goodness the pandemic is over because we we were required to have a two meter distance and now we can go back to four. This kind of describes it that that we we are talking about the livability of a place now. And I think that the pandemic taught us that those aspects that we haven't really thought about really make also uh, make our product. The fact that, you know, you, you have distance, you have nature, you have air, you have, you, you know, space. You, have, you can sit in the underground and you probably have four seats to yourself, you know, those kind of things. I think that, that there are things that, we, that will stay with us after the pandemic. I mean, even if we don't, you know, continue using masks, we might not like crowds as much as we were able to accept before. So I think that those kind of things are are now becoming a part of our brand. So Clarice, I mean, what kind of audiences then are, because you're talking about, take it as self-evident. I'm assuming that you mean that the locals and then the others that may value that. So what, what audiences are you focusing on and what kind of propositions? I think you're going more values-led propositions. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Our audiences, our target groups are, of course, visitors, congress organizers, but I mean, tourists in general. Then, of course, it's investors and it's talent. So, I mean, we are talking to all of these groups of people, but we don't see really there's a clear difference between, you know, what the value proposition is to these people. And, and of course, you know, Helsinki is probably not for everyone. If you if you want to go somewhere where there's eternal sunshine and cheap booze, you know, this is not the place. I mean, sunshine, you might have really nicely for, for in the summertime, but, but alcohol <laughs> is very expensive in Finland. The, the taxes are high. But I think that, that we are aiming at people, we, we call them like curious people, very often people who also value sustainability. They value a very egalitarian society. You know, those kind of things, of course, have to come up very high on the value scale. But we do also see that, that there is an increasing amount of people who, for instance, want to travel in a sustainable way. And, and that is very much in the core of, of our thinking about, you know, this whole sustainable lifestyle. How can you live a, a sustainable lifestyle? And, and, and so that is very much also, if, if we think about what sort of what what our target groups have in common, you know, that's very much something. So so very value based, I would say. 
That's interesting because that's where we're going as well. As a matter of fact, with our vision, we're, we're more and more focusing on mindsets and less on demographics in terms of who we're trying to attract. To your point, accessibility, sustainability. When you're looking at values based, is what are the values of London as a brand? Therefore, who are the people that we want to want to attract? It sounds like you are doing something similar. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think maybe that's the theme of today. I mean, everywhere, I think that that I think that what I've seen in presentations, this is something that I think everybody is thinking about because that separates people much more maybe than, you know, the old ways of segmenting people that were more based on maybe age or those kind of demographic factors. Yeah. And does that mean because one of the challenges that we're having and that we're hoping to solve over the next couple of years is success metrics, because success metrics are very much about volume spend, they're kind of, which are important, but if we're thinking of values-based propositions, if we're thinking of mindset type audiences, then our success metrics need to reflect that as well. Are you thinking about your own success metrics? Well, of course, we do have the quantitative metrics, because at the end of the day, you know, you are measured by not, not how attractive you become, but actually how, how that works for the visitors and everything. But we are also measured on perception. You know, how well are we able to, to really communicate what we want to communicate about Helsinki? But for, for Helsinki, it's very much about how do we get people to actually try out the product? Because, you know, uh, since the awareness is on a totally different, I mean, you guys in London, you know, who, who doesn't know London, you know, spontaneously? So it's a, it's a totally different ballgame. But, but Helsinki, it's still very much the awareness. So I think that for, for our metrics, you know, that is our first metric. Yeah, and then it's kind of like where we started. So perception, again, linked to, uh, to that awareness. I think to hear that you are thinking about, of course, the hard metrics, if you will, but, uh, but there has to be some soft metrics as well, especially when we're thinking about mindsets like sustainability, et cetera, you know, carbon efficiency, all of those things whilst they are in the city. So with that in mind, how, how long have you been at Helsinki Partners? I started in the 10th of January, so less than a year. And, and of course, when you are putting together, merging two different companies, you know, it's very much about leading people in, in first and foremost, because there were two different companies and, and people, you know, there are different cultures as well. So, so I would say that much of, of my first year has been about really finding our common targets and common values and common culture and, and really leading the people in, in this merger. And of course, we have to remember that for the first months when I was starting, it was still, you know, pandemic and we were still working at distance. And, and I can tell you that you do not merge companies in teams. It's as you can do many things in teams, but you cannot, you know, merge cultures at distance. That is impossible. So. So I would actually say that, that I feel that the work started in about March, April, when we were starting to come back to the office. So in terms of, so you're, you're talking about, obviously, it's all part of a journey and it, it, is, it does take a while to bring these cultures together. But that leads me to, to think and, and ask you, what do you think is your biggest challenge to achieve this awareness, this change of perception for Helsinki? What do you think will be your biggest barrier and challenge to move that? or to create that success? I think the expectation to my answer would probably be, you know, this world situation. You know, the fact that not only that there has been a pandemic and then 
this horrible war in, in Ukraine and all of that. But I would say that, that it's not, it's none of that actually. It's, it's very much, you know, it's people. It's the, it's getting people to really want to work together and create partnerships and, and really be true to the fact that we are Helsinki partners. We will not do anything alone. We need to find partners within, you know, our own ecosystem and outside. It's, it's, it's always about leading people and leading culture. And, and if we fail, it's because we have failed in leading people. I, that's, that's my answer. So I think that, you know, all kinds of world situations, they, they come and they go and we need to adapt to them. But it's, it's this mindset and it's culture and it's the will to succeed, which is absolutely the most important thing. You know, Grace, that's really, really interesting because one of the things I would say that if there's such a thing as positive coming out of COVID is the intensity of the collaboration that we were able to achieve in London. And I find it quite interesting calling that out as almost your secret for success. And I, and I could not agree with you more, Hans, bringing the, your people, your team together. And for you, th that is quite a challenge because you're, you're merging these companies at this point. You're quite early as an organization, quite young as an organization. But then bringing the industry along with you because, you know, it is a fragmented industry. You know, yours may be, you know, a smaller city than London. But the nature of the of the industry is 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 very fragmented. That's true everywhere. And bring them along is is difficult. You know, creating that commonality of objective is difficult. So so I I you know like you share that that challenge. But I tell you, when it works, I think you're absolutely right. It is the the recipe for success. And I also think that what has really I don't know if I can say surprised me, but impressed me is that people are so purpose-driven and not only my own team, this company or these two old companies, but also when we reach out to Finnish businesses and, and entrepreneurs and, and all kinds of people, there is such a strong sense of purpose and so many people want to help out. So I think that that's, that's also the beauty of it to just see that, you know, that inspires me a lot. But I think, I think you need to take, you know, you and the organization need to take some credit, that sense of purpose, but it's providing that clarity that brings people together, I think is, is, is really important. That's why for us, you know, having that vision was so important coming out of COVID to say, okay, what, what are we doing? We're still in recovery, but we have to start looking at, at the future and bringing everybody together in terms of what is it that we're tackling next? What are our challenges? What are our gaps? And that for us has been important. But I think COVID has been such an interesting human experiment because it really has shown us the value and the, and how, how important it is for people to actually be together physically. I think that if it had gone on for like four or five months, we would all still say, oh, well, you know, we can do everything at distance and everything. But it went on for such a long time that we really got to see both the good and the bad in being isolated. And, it, and that really showed us that at least for me, you know, that was a great learning about, you know, human nature and humanity and, and what's, what's important. And I think that, that it will take many years that I, I so enjoy being, you know, in large gatherings with people. <laughs> I think that's very fair. I think that's really interesting, Clarice, that this whole thing about, you know, had it been five months or whatever, a period versus a long period, I think... You're absolutely right that it does, it does make a difference because we did see both sides of it. And at the end, 
you know, definitely there, there's something to be, to, be, to be learned and hopefully action and certainly as destinations, you know. And it did, it did not kill our urge to travel. We can see that. Well, thank you so much. This has been really, really interesting. I know that everybody listening to this also found it really, really interesting. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. We could have gone on for, for you know, much longer. Thank you. Thank you very much, Rose. Thank you so much, Clarice. I think you're right. I think there's so much to talk about. That conversation could have gone on and on. We'll have to find other opportunities to get you chatting. But for now, thank you so much. And I'm sure that everybody listening has, has taken away a lot of ideas and thoughts from your conversation. And I look forward, Clarice, to welcoming you back for episode 13. We look forward to setting that up and look forward to welcoming you back as well, our listeners for that next episode in the Place to Place podcast.